and I'm truly, truly grateful. I have a future and I have a reason to live, whereas in for so many years, that was something that I lacked. I lacked a reason to get up every day. Now I get up every day and know there's a million things I can do and a million people I can reach, and, and that's why I'm here with you. Welcome to this week's edition of First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and today we'll hear the story of a young man who returned home from war depressed and addicted to alcohol, but we'll also learn about the change in his life today. Thanks for joining us this week. First Person seeks to tell people's stories as they encounter the power of Christ at work in their life. We have a website, which I hope you'll take the time to visit and learn more about this week's guest. FirstPersonInterview.com also contains an audio archive of all past programs, so you can listen anytime it's convenient for you. Or you can subscribe to First Person through iTunes for automatic download of each week's conversation. Look for us online at FirstPersonInterview.com. Dan Hansen came home from the war in Iraq, a wounded soul. He was in deep pain, which he sought to mitigate with alcohol. Dan will tell you his story in his own words today, and later a second guest will also join us. Jack Smart is the president of Teen Challenge USA, and we'll learn from Jack what part Teen Challenge played in Dan's healing. But I started talking to Dan. Well, Dan, tell me about your service in in the military. What branch were you in? United States Marine Corps. Proudly stated? Yes, sir. (laughs) How many times were you deployed, Dan? I was deployed two times. And um, that... So that was during the first Gulf War, is that correct? Oh, yeah, Operation uh, Iraqi Freedom. So you had Operation Iraqi Freedom and then Enduring Freedom. And mine was the initial invasion uh, in 2004 okay. when, I, when I got through there. So, so describe what that was like for you. Yeah, it was uh, something where we flew in and uh, convoyed out to our location. And, and for eight months, we were there by our, pretty much by ourselves. And, you know, we did a lot of patrols. We did... Uh, a, a lot of, uh, you know, try to build it up the city, things like that. A lot of um, sweeps and a, just a ton of things just trying to get that city under control. It was Ramadi and uh, had a lot of RPGs and IEDs and really uh, just a lot of mortars. I mean, I don't think a day went by when we didn't get mortared. So it, that constant, uh, you know, never knowing when, you know, you, you were, uh, even when you're sleeping, you were worried, you know, and that was something that, uh, was probably one of the hardest things out there. Not knowing when something was going to happen. It had to be crazy. It, it, it's really, was it anything like you expected it to be like? Absolutely not. I mean, because I was this kid that just, even when I joined the Marine Corps, I thought, well, the Marine Corps is going to be cool. I'll get in great shape. And, and that's it. You know, I didn't really think past it. When I got to Iraq, I was one of those guys that thought, I just, I can't, this is going to be cool. I'm going to get in gunfights and First time I started getting shot at, I said, I, I take it back. I want, where's my mom? I got to get out of here. This is out of control. So, I bet you're looking at each other and say, what do we get ourselves into? Oh my gosh. I'm going, this is real stuff here, you know, and people are trying to shoot us. And um, yeah, it was not what I expected. And I don't think it's something you can ever really prepare or you can never really put, you know, accurate expectations on something like that. So you were under fire. All the time. Close friends who did not come home? Yeah, we uh, like I, uh, we had lost 34 guys total, uh, 35 uh, if you count the suicide. There was a, uh, one of our friends actually from Minnesota that uh, killed himself within about the first week where we were over there. So 34 KIA and then plus the the kid that killed himself. So Is yeah, that over both deployments or just? No, first, just one. Just one? Just one. Yeah, it, uh, it, it was one of the most intense deployments, I'd say, by any Marine Corps unit. I mean... Um, 
34 killed, one killed himself. And I mean, the, the number injured is between four and 500. Okay. Anything from, you know, getting their arm blown off, you know, to ruptured eardrums. It, it was just all, it was constant. It was I know constant. that affected you deeply, didn't it? De- oh, just I, describe what you went through. I went through what I, I thought was just a normal way to cope. I, I you know, I, I knew I was dealing with anger and I knew those things, but not to the level of severity. I thought, you know, yeah, some of these things bothered me, but I'm all right. And does this after you came home or during the deployment? Both. I mean, I knew even when I was over there, yeah, these things are, you know, kind of bother me, but I'm a man and I'm going to get through this and I'm with my other Marines. And, and that's how I kind of went while I was over there. And when I got back, yeah, there's some things wrong and we saw some bad things, but that's I signed the dotted line. Let's move on here. And I never really took any time to try to work on those things. Yeah. I mean, I was completely shook up, but I dealt with it on my own and, and I paid for it. When you came home, what happened? I came home and uh I mean I was empty. I and I didn't know why. I just thought I I don't I it's just a hard thing to explain. I I didn't want to talk talk to anyone. I didn't want to be with my family, I didn't, I, there was just such a gap between me and reality, but I just, I didn't want to stop and look at it because it was painful and I didn't want any of that pain to creep in there. So a lot of drinking, um, a lot of nightmares, a lot of um, just anger and fights and bar fights and just living for all the wrong reasons. Did you have any sense of spiritual life, any faith while you're in the Marines? You know, I mean, I, I, I'd been exposed in, in my childhood by my mother, who was a, a Christian, but never, I always thought it was kind of, of a joke. And, you know, but when I was in Iraq, I, I would read Psalm 91 and, and I would do those things. And there were times when, you know, I, there were several times when I thought, I am dead. I'm there, I was an imminent death. And so I would pray and I would say, God, just get me out of this and I'll do whatever you want. I just do, I'll do whatever you want. Well, as soon as I got home, of course, I threw that out the window. Um, so my faith, there was exposure, but there was never anything that really um, stuck in me. So when you came home and had all this churning inside you and you hit rock bottom, you really had nothing to turn to, did you? I had absolutely nothing to turn to because I lived my life for me and, and how I wanted to live it because not only with the the anger and things like that. There was a lot of selfishness, I think, for me because I, I, you know, the self pity and things like that that kind of controlled where how I ran things because it was it was it was deserved. It was given to me. You were pretty desperate. I was very desperate, very very desperate. How bad did it get? It got to the point where I mean, I'm I'm drinking every single day. Um, I eventually tried to kill myself. I took uh, about an hour and a half ride ambulance up to this uh, St. Cloud VA Medical Center, and I was in a 72-hour hold. And I mean... It was a suicide watch? It was a suicide watch. I, I, I tried to commit suicide. I took a number of pills, and I ended up passing out and, and, and being taken to the hospital. Did family and friends around you know? I mean, obviously, you couldn't hide all this, right? Yeah, I did a pretty good job of hiding it. I, I I was very functional in in my dysfunction. I I had a great job. I was going to school. I could do those things, but I think to a certain extent they knew I wasn't right. I was a, a terrible liar. Um, but 
I don't think they honestly wanted to deal with it because there was so much. I was a sinking ship, and I don't think, you know, there wasn't a lot of support there. And I don't mean that to be critical of my family. Sure, they probably thought give you a little time. Exactly. You know, he's going through some things. He'll figure it out. We'll just let him figure it out, and then we'll hang out Mm -hmm. with him what Mm -hmm. he's done or something. But but you knew that 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 wasn't going to help. Nobody knew how dark it was. Only me, and I knew I didn't. Every waking day, I just. I didn't want to live. I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a vision. I didn't have, I, I had no reason to live other than my kids. And at, at one point, I just didn't even care about that. Your, your own family. My own family wasn't enough to keep me around. So what turned the corner for you? Well, I, I found myself in jail um, for, I don't know, the sixth, seventh, eighth time. Um, they told me, Hanson, you're going to be in here a while. It's your fourth Dewey. Um, DUI. DUI, my fourth DUI. And they said, uh, Monday's President's Day. None of the judges are in to even set bail. Get comfortable. You'll be here a long time. And you thought? I thought, I was supposed to take my son at 10 o'clock this morning to Wisconsin Dells for a three-day trip. And I said, I can't do this anymore. And, and I got on my knees. And for the first time, I had a pure, I, 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 I got on my knees and I said, God, I don't know how this works. I don't know who you are. I don't know if this is, I even believe this, but if you are, either use me or kill me because I cannot do this anymore. And and now this is going to sound like something from Touched by an Angel, but two hours later, they said, Hanson, you post a bail. And I said, are, are you sure? They said, well, you can stay in there as long as you want. I said, let's check this out. And I go there and this guy's waiting for me, never seen him before. He shakes my hand. He says, thank you for serving our country. I saw your name on a list for bail. I know all the judges. I've been doing this a long time. You're bringing a chill to my spine right oh, now. I, and I, this is, I'm not embellishing this whatsoever. He said, I had him set standard bail for your case, and I posted it. Gave me his card, and it said peace bail bonds on there. It had a dove with an olive branch in, in his mouth, and he took off. And I have never seen him since. And I have Googled peace bail bonds. <laughs> I have tried to find this peace bail bonds, and I cannot find it anywhere. Maybe he's listening. Maybe he's listening, and God bless him. So. I walk out of jail right there, and my brother, my two brothers come and pick me up, and as soon as I enter that vehicle, they don't say anything, but my brother was a Christian, and he was listening to a radio station that was playing a Minnesota Teen Challenge radio spot, and I, I heard it, and I just started crying. I said, I'm done hurting you. I'm done hurting the kids. I'm, I'm just done hurting, and a week later, I checked into Teen Challenge, and my life has been changed ever since. That was a pretty big step. That w- for, to admit that, and then to submit yourself to someone else, oh, someone else's authority and, and, and input into your life. And, and for that, that amount of time, I mean, a year, I had a great job with the government. You, you knew what the length of time was. I knew what the length of time was, because they said it. I knew that it was going to be this or I was going to be dead. And I, I said, I'm not, I can do it to myself, but I can't do it to my kids. And I can't do it to my family, and I'm done. And that was the start of a long journey of letting God in. But since that time, my life is just amazing. Dan, we're going to talk more about Teen Challenge, but bottom line, what difference, what what happened in your life? Uh, As far as when I was at Teen Challenge? Mm -hmm. um, I, I got to a point where I could see just how messed up I was. I mean, it's not 10 days, it's not 20 days, it's a year long. And I was there, and I could just... Being away, you know, there's certain things. You can't have a cell phone. You can't do these things. I was away from everything that continued to help 
me to be the miserable person I was. <laughs> the the wrong people I was talking to, the bars I was going to drink at, trying to fill those needs. I was separated from it long enough to have my head clear and then say, okay, there's got to be more. And, and they show me what was more. God met you there, didn't he? Oh, he met me in a big way there. He he he, he drop kicked me at T Challenge, and uh, ever since then he's had a hold of my heart and he's guided my life into to what it is today. We'll hear more of this remarkable story from Dan Hansen, and we'll talk with Jack Smart of Teen Challenge USA coming up. Next week, we'll talk with Eric Metaxas about his speech at the National Prayer Breakfast. What does Jesus want me to say in a few minutes on a stage in front of the president and the first lady and the vice president and Hillary Clinton was right in front of me in one of the front tables? And what do you say when the Holy Spirit speaks through someone, he's speaking to everybody. It was a powerful moment in American life. We'll talk with Eric Metaxas about the National Prayer Breakfast next time on First Person. Talking with Dan Hansen today on First Person, and Dan is an Iraqi war veteran, came home, and uh, it was a rough go coming home, as you described, Dan. Yes, it was. But you met God through Teen Challenge USA. I know how grateful you are to that program that uh, really got you in step with God and and uh, really turned your life around, didn't it? It, it really did. Um, now my life is um, just more amazing than I could ever imagine. I, um, after I got out of the program, I was able to go speak out in front of the Senate out in Washington, D.C. Um, they called me back a year later to speak in front of Congress. Um, now I'm I'm almost done with another bachelor's degree. I <laughs> I, uh, I work as a transitional assistant advisor for the Department of Defense. Oh, I, I just have just so many. I have a wife and a wonderful family. Yeah, I, those those things are wonderful. But I want to talk about your family. What sure. difference did it make at home? It's unbelievable. I mean, my kids just um, having a functional relationship with my children, with with my wife, um, and and you know. You're right about the external. Everyone usually wants to ask me about that, but the internal changes in me. I don't lie anymore. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't cheat. I don't. I mean, I don't. I'm not someone that's going around yelling. I, I mean, I'm just a completely different person. You have a future again, don't you? I, I have a future and I have a reason to live. Whereas in for so many years, that was something that I lacked. I lacked a reason to get up every day. Now I get up every day and know there's a million things I can do and a million people I can reach. And, and that's why I'm here with you. <laughs> well, we've also got uh, Jack Smart here, who's president of Teen Challenge USA. And Jack, you've been listening to Dan tell the story. I know you've heard oh, it before, right. but... I mean, did you get the tingle up your spine I got a few moments ago hearing this testimony? Well, uh, the first time he started telling about it and everything, and, and I, I wasn't quite sure where he was going, and the more he talked about it, the more I thought, yeah, that is a that is kind of a, a extra spiritual thing that happened, you know, it sounds like. And, you know, and, and God, and to be honest with you, Dole, he's not the first student yeah. that, I, that I've heard share a testimony that said somebody told them about Teen Challenge or, or help them get in the program, and then that person disappeared, and they never saw them again. <laughs> that happens. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 happened a number of times that I've heard students relate, and you just you take it on face value and say, well, you know what? God loves these people enough. He's going to do whatever he has to do to get them where they can get some help. Yeah. As you look at this young man here today, what goes through your mind, Jack? It, just the amazing transformation that can take place in a person's life and how far down anybody can be, you know, uh, there's not there's not a, a center who can go so deep that God's grace and love can't rescue them if they'll just turn to Him. And when I see Dan here, 
living a godly life, living a productive life, and realizing that there's a story that, you know, even though he scratched the surface, I'm sure he hasn't even come close to telling it all. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. We're, we're thinking alike here because I'm sure, Dan, that you've you've hit the tops of the waves here for us. I want to go down inside those waves a little bit. Sure. That couldn't have been easy for you. I mean, it wasn't all peaches and cream, was it? No, it wasn't. I mean, being at Teen Challenge was... Um, I had gotten into my, you know, I had two uh, children with two different women, and I was dealing with court cases. I was dealing with all the lies I had told were catching up to me. I mean, there were so many times where I thought, I just can't do this. And I think, you know, just as much as anybody, that living a godly life is way harder than doing whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. <laughs> so I, I started to realize there's responsibility to this. There's, I have children, I have family, and and. I didn't, it was hard to, you know, take all that on, but, you know, being there for a year, I was able to get myself in a great situation where, you know, I could finally take on the responsibility of being a, a good man and a good father and a good husband. And, and that really, really has, uh, yeah, it, it's just been awesome. Jack, it's gotta be so rewarding. I mean, we're hearing Dan's story today. You've heard how many of these stories have you heard? Uh, I mean, thousands, yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. It, so it's just got to be very rewarding to know that God can use you like that. It is so fulfilling, Wayne, to be able to see God working in people's lives, and I've been doing this for a long time, and 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 the longer I do it, the more I realize it's not, even though Teen Challenge is great ministry, we have wonderfully dedicated people who love the Lord and love our students, the longer I do this, the more I realize this is, this. it's an act of God. Anytime one of these students change, it's truly an act of God, and we just get the privilege of being able to sit on the sideline and and watch it happen. I want to invite you to ask any questions you want, Jack, but describe what, what is the program like that Dan submitted himself to? Well, it's a very structured and disciplined program, as I think you could pick up from some of his comments, uh, uh, because our students, as he just mentioned, you know, they, they're used to doing what they want when they want, and there obviously is no future for them in that. But the other thing is it is very much Christ-centered. That we, we tell them over and over again, if you're going to change your life, you're going to have to let Jesus Christ into your life and let him be Lord of your life. Let me pause you there. How did you receive that message when it first got through to you, Dan? Did that something you say, well, what am I getting myself into? Yeah, here? I thought, okay, you know, I'm a Marine. I'm a Iraqi war veteran. I know what to do What's when I need Jesus to do it. Jesus stuff, huh? You tell me I got to submit to somebody? Okay. <laughs> Is that atypical? Oh, no, no, that's that's very typical. There's... there's uh, a process and, 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 you know, and of course the students, when they get to us, they're broken and they will accept Christ as their savior pretty readily because their life is a mess and going nowhere. But then once you get to the Lordship part of it, like for all of us Christians, it's, it becomes a challenge, mm -hmm. but thankfully again, because of our dedicated staff, we have a wonderful curriculum, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's discipleship. You know, it's a one time of a teen challenge student years ago said it's God the Father for breakfast, Jesus Christ for lunch, and the Holy Spirit for dinner. And that's what we try to make it. Dan, was there a moment when Christ just became all to you? I mean, did it happen in a moment or over time? Well, I think um, when I first got there, it was, um, I I went there thinking, this will keep me out of jail. This will... So my motives weren't right. So about halfway through the program, I got really angry at some people there. And so I packed my bags and I, I got Jack's heard this story before too. I got ready to <laughs> head out. And uh, the guy who's in charge of my dean, he said, I just don't want to lose you. You, you get, there's more meaning to your life than this stay. And uh, for about a week I had my bags packed 
every single day. And I thought, well, I'll give her one more day. And finally, that about after a week, God just touched me in a way that said, I got bigger plans for you. I am real. And you know this. Now start living that way. And that and, was the Holy Spirit at dinner part. That, that, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it was in the evening. So definitely yeah. Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's, that is very typical. Uh, teen challenge. I, I, I have said no teen challenge student goes through the program without ever thinking seriously about leaving. And again, it's because we as human beings don't want to face up to the areas of our life that need to change. And, 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 and again, for those who've been uh, bound by drugs and alcohol for many years, there's a, it's, it's an ironic thing, but there's a, a, a security in their aberrant behavior. And and so it's even even though it's terrible, they don't want to leave it. But but it's it's you know it's it's a horrible as it is. It's their security. It's all they've got. And so to take that leap of faith, that step of faith, and say no, I'm going to put my security in Jesus Christ. That's a challenge for our students. Give us the bigger picture for just a moment. Now here's Dan. We've heard Dan's story, but Teen Challenge. It's not just teenagers, by the way. Oh no, no, we minister to adult men and women, to uh, families uh, and to teens uh, across. The country, and so yeah, we're we're ministering at a lot of people on other levels. I heard of a individual that completed the program the other day that was uh, in their seventies. So you right. know, <laughs> hardly a teenager, hardly a teenager. <laughs> but it runs the gamut of all the addiction issues. And g- give me some other examples. Oh yeah, drugs, alcohol, um, eating disorders, uh, of course, immorality, pornography, um, all of those kinds of things. Cutting. I mean, that's a big thing, especially yes, is, with the yeah. younger kids. Yeah. So we're working with all of those things because, you know, drugs, uh, alcohol, the other addictions, they they don't just stay in one area of your life. They spread to all of your life. And so we work with them, but the principles are still the same. Is If you let Christ be Lord of your life and you really submit to him, then the Holy Spirit and the Word of God will help you to step away from those things and change those things. When you know, It was like Dan just now, you know, he's got a life worth living now. Amen. So why does he need drugs? Or why does he need alcohol? Because he's got a life worth living, and that's what we offer our students. Yeah. Talk to me about life today, Dan. What's it like for you? What are you doing? Life is great. I now work um, for the Department of Defense as a transition assistant advisor, so I'm working with some of the men and women that come back and need help, need help getting through the state. Man, and you uh, know what they're going through. I, I, you I, can I, identify with it, huh? You got it. I can walk alongside them and say, you know, this is what we need to do. I've been here. Don't worry about it. And then at the right stop spot, I slip in the mm-hmm. God is mm-hmm. God is where it's really at. Well, you and can talk about your own experience, a- can't you? Absolutely. And it's a great way to do it. And then I'm also going to school at Northwestern College. Uh, I'm an EMC major there with radio broadcasting is my emphasis. And I got nothing to complain about. You got to be glad God has a God of second chances. Absolutely. I mean, he, he gave me about eight chances. So I'm a good, <laughs> he's a guy that never gives up because he never did give up on me as many times as I gave up on him. And I'm truly, truly grateful uh, for, for, for God and, and for people like yourself and that get this message out there. So thank you. Well, Dan's story of healing and recovery and his spiritual healing we learned about today is just one of many that could be told because of the ministry of Teen Challenge. And if you'd like to learn more, please visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com. You'll find a link to Teen Challenge. There's also a link to a video of Dan giving his testimony. Look for both at firstpersoninterview.com. The conversations you hear on First Person are all available to listen to on demand online at our website, or they're also available as downloadable podcasts through iTunes. We also have a Facebook page where we post updates and additional information. You can respond to any program at facebook.com forward slash first person interview. That's facebook.com forward slash first person interview. 
Next week, our guest will be Eric Metaxas. In a previous visit, Eric told us of his story of conversion. This time, we'll go a little deeper into what God has called him to do. And with the recent passing of Chuck Colson, Eric is now a contributor to Breakpoint. And we'll talk to Eric about his hero, Chuck Colson, and more. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next time for First Person. First Person.